This is for the Watch a Game of Thrones podcast. This podcast contains spoilers and salty language. Welcome to For the Watch podcast. I'm Aidy, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Rhyme and Reason. I read the first book of George R.R. R. Martin's series Game of Thrones. With me are... Joshua Price, the unpopular opinionist. Oh, wait. No, that's still my title, I guess. And you've read all the books? Yes, listen to all the audiobooks that are out so far. And coming in from far away... <laughs> I am Casey Goddard. I have read all the books about a year ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm about the same. <laughs> uh, this is episode 8 of season 6 of Game of Thrones, titled No One. You can also find past episodes of For the Watch Podcast at forthewatchpodcast.com, and you can follow Rhyme and Reason on Twitter for updates for other stuff. So we're going to start out kind of in the middle, uh, in River Run. Yeah, we're kind of all over the place because this episode was also very much all over the place. Um, almost more so than past episodes because they're really jumping around now. Um, so we are starting in River Run where we see Brienne and Pod, or Podrick Payne. Is it Payne? I don't know, but I'm happy to see him. Yeah, Podrick Payne. Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't seen him in a little bit since, like, episode one almost? Yeah, when he was helping Sansa. Yeah, so... We see Pod again, and uh, he is with Brienne, and they are looking at the uh, uh, River Run Castle, uh, where the Blackfish has taken hold, and Jamie's army is outside waiting for him to come out. Uh, so we get some people come up to Brienne, and they're like, Holt, who goes there, friend or foe? And she's like, bitch, please, let me see Jamie." And so she gets a little audience with Jamie, and they have this little tete-a-tete, you know, kind of catching up with each other, uh, and Brienne wants to give, uh, is it Oathkeeper? Oathkeeper. The sword Oathkeeper back. Um, is it saying, Oathkeeper or Oathbreaker? Oathkeeper. Because he's an Oathbreaker? Yeah, because she was going to keep her oath to Catelyn. And he's a okay. he's a king slayer, so he breaks oaths. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's what they call him, not his sword. That's confusing. Yeah, I, re- <laughs> I remember it being oathkeeper because I'm like, oh, like the keyblade. I don't know what that is. Oh, I don't know what that is. Uh, well, Kingdom Hearts, there's a keyblade, which is a key sword called uh, oathkeeper, uh. and it's really pretty, much like the sword that she got from Jamie that she tries to give back, but then he's like, no, it's yours. Because I gave it to you, even though it's, you know, kind of weird because it has a uh, lion on the scabbard. No, not on the scabbard, on the hilt. And that's like a Lannister sigil, so it's very confusing. Um, So he uh, lets Brienne go into uh, the castle to see if she can convince the Blackfish to come out. Um, if by sunset, if she convinces them to come out, then they can go free, whatever, no one gets hurt, but if not, then she is probably going to end up fighting, and she's going to have to end up fighting Jamie again, so she kind of, like, holds back tears almost, like, what was going on there? Like, are they friends? I think that they're really friends, and they're, like, he actually, they respect each other. Yeah, I guess so. I just like the, I like that they're both dressed like knights again. I, I really like that image of them, like, both dressed like knights being equals. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. So they go to the castle. She talks to Blackfish. Blackfish says no. He doesn't care about Sansa. He hasn't seen her since she was a wee girl. Um, 
So, meanwhile, Jamie is talking to Ed Muir, saying, uh, you know, I don't give a fuck about you or your wife or your kid. I will throw your kid on a catapult into this castle if I have to. Um, and, like, really kind of goes off the deep end, like, kind of weirdly admitting to this prisoner that, you know, he only cares about Cersei, which, you know, everyone has knows rumors about him and Cersei, but he's kind of... But he plays the sister card. Like, we both love our sisters, and they're both very... Yes, they're, but They're he's, mothers that are very protective of their children. He's way more intense about it than Ed Muir is, or anyone, so... It's kind of awkward, but I guess, yeah, he plays that angle well enough that Ed Muir believes that he's a sociopath, honestly, at this <laughs> point, and um, gives in because... He's, he's going to do anything to get into this castle so he can get back to his sister because of fraternal love. Yeah. Yeah. So... So, oh, question. Yep. So he he kind of intimidates Edmure. He intimidates the shit out of him, I think. So why did... So Edmure, like, just agrees because he doesn't want to die? Did he, yeah, he doesn't want his, like, baby catapulted into this Okay, thing. so then they go into the... They storm the castle and Edmure is just going to be another prisoner? Or well, I, how is it going to work? I, I think it was played like, uh, you know, I'm going to go in there and kill everyone. I'm going to slaughter everyone. And so you can either go in there, swallow your pride, and save the lives of all of your men, or I can massacre the place. So It's kind of like choose. what um, Jon Snow said to the wildlings. Like, you guys can either die, or I can help you. Yeah. Even this, though it's not what you want to do. Yeah, but this is like, you have no choice. Either you do this, or everyone you love will die. I mean, the White Walkers would do the same thing. Uh, yeah, but like, John was... Cho- if, if this was an RPG, John chose diplomacy, whereas Jamie chose intimidation. Oh. Yeah. Just like Pokemon. Yeah, it's like charm, or persuade, or intimidate. Uh, so, Edmure gets dressed and asks them to lower the gates... Because he is the lord of the castle, and if people were confused about this, uh, the Blackfish is uh, his uncle. So, Edmure's the lord of the castle because his father had it before him, and his father died. So that's why he's lord of the castle, and that's why no one listens to the Blackfish, even though technically he's family. So he goes in and says, uh, lower the gates, let the people in, put down your weapons, this is an order. And so everyone just does it. I would really like the reunion of Pod and Braun and oh, how yeah. they like they they give each other a hard time. Well, mostly Braun gives Pod a hard time, and it's kind of funny to see them back together again, even though it's been a long time and I feel like we've been missing Braun for a while. But people are, it's like they brought him back just for comic relief for because, fan service because yeah, Jamie is just you know down the dumps mostly. Yeah. He's a little depressing. Unless he's with his sister. Yeah. And then he's a barrel... No, he's still depressing. He's still quite depressing. He's not a barrel of laughs at all. Um, What did you think about this whole storyline? So, it was weird. They kept drawing parallels from very, very long ago when when Jamie was a prisoner and Edmure, you know, was was sort of in the same boat that Jamie had been in. Honestly, the best part of this... So, when I was watching it and Brienne and Pod... Um, they get in their little boat and they go away. Patrick just turned to me and he goes, that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? 
because <laughs> the Jamie and Brienne ship, and I was just like, oh my god, like. Oh, I. That, that's so a good, good. joke and on so several I, levels. You know, obviously, that's basically all I could think about after that. Uh, any any in depth an- analysis went out the window after. <laughs> like, yep, that's all I got from that. <laughs> but no, I thought I thought really there was um, like with how Brienne was still really looking at Jamie, it was just you know I always thought she sort of have a I had a crush on him. Like not, but not in like the I'm a typical Jamie Lannister type. I guess you know, being his sister, she never. She just came across as like you know. I think we would like they. I always thought they would be really good together in a really really messed up way. Yeah, so I guess friends sort of works. Like you guys were talking about. Was this uh, kind of the same thing in the books? No. Um, <laughs> when when uh, I mean when Brienne comes back to find Jamie again, I forget what castle Jamie is at that point in the book, but where she goes to find Jamie, she's already met uh, Lady Stoneheart, and she's already been, like, executed and brought back. And so she continues to do Lady Stoneheart's will to go get Jamie so she can exact her revenge on the Lannisters. Wow. Yeah, so, like, that's completely left out. Um, that would be so cool if they did that, though. Why are they not doing that? Well, we'll get to that in a, a little bit later, because um, a little bit more of a tie-in a little bit later. Uh, but yeah. Um, so after, when, when, uh, Brienne and Pod leave, you know, the, the Blackfish goes to fight his way out of the castle, and then we don't see him anymore, and then we cut to a guard telling, uh, Jamie that the Blackfish has died in combat or something. I call bullshit. Yeah, I, it's really strange to not include a two-second scene that could have been man dying on screen that we know is, like, canonically dead, uh, as opposed to wasting it on long shots of other bullshit because they have done that so much before in the previous episodes where they can't spare like two seconds so we can see a guy die so i'm also calling bullshit blackfish is not dead he either escaped or he killed that guard and put on his armor went had the balls to go up to jamie and said he's dead and then would leave or something My, I have a theory. Yeah? The theory is he's on that boat with Pod and Brienne because it's so dark and you can't see anything, and he's going to go and help Sansa. Maybe he jumped into the river and was going to swim upstream like a blackfish. He is a fish. Yeah. He's an orca. (laughs) He will take you down. (laughs) Only if you put him in captivity. He is in captivity. You're right. (laughs) He's a prisoner of the system. (laughs) The right. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <for> them. <laughs> Roll credits. King's Landing, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Cersei is just being her little Cersei self, hanging out with Kyburn in the mountain. And Lancel and his sparrow friends come up with their uh, head tattoos and say, you need to come see the High Sparrow. And she's like, no, the High Sparrow said I could stay in River Run. There's no way in hell I'm going. River Run? Oh, sorry. Sugar. The Red Keep. <laughs> with an R. Good catch, Josh Good catch. <laughs> So she could stay in the Red Keep, her little hideout. And the Sparrows really don't want to back down. They're like, no, you have to come with us. You do what we say. You know, even the king is involved. Like, you know, they're just, they're getting really ballsy. Um, And she's like, no. So the mountain comes up and, you know, Franken Mountain does his Franken Mountain thing and looks intimidating. And (sighs) 
obviously he just grabs a guy by the head and pops his head off because that's what Franken Mountain does. Um, and then, you know, Lancel is like, okay, point taken. Let's walk <laughs> away. Um, then the next, next little jump from there is Cersei visiting the Iron Throne. Um, and she's, she's trying to get up to Tommen and Kevin, her uncle, um, which is so weird. Like, uh, Uncle Kevin in Game of Thrones, like, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't that just sound so, so now? Like, I just, I don't like his name. I feel like they should have gone with to me, that matched a Lannister To better. me, uh, Kevin is just, like, a reminder of Home Alone. So it's like, Kevin! And oh, no, we forgot about Kevin! Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Oh, about Kevin. Oh, anyway, so... So uncles are bad like, this episode, like, is no, what I'm you can't, hearing. You can't come up here. Um, you're a woman. Go stand by the other women in the gallery. Um, and then Tommy makes his announcement that the Faith and the Crown have decided that um, Loris, Marjorie's brother, and Cersei will have to face trials, and they are outlawing trial by combat, which is, like, the most enormous blow to Cersei as she's standing right next to Franken Mountain, like, oh, shit, that goes my plan. Um, and then, you know, obviously now all the theories are just bustling about what Cersei's going to do next, but I will, I will pass it along from there. What do you guys think? Um, well, I'll save my prediction for the end because it does involve Cersei. Uh, but yeah, I think that, uh, the, when the mountain pulled that dude's head off, that was ridiculous. He shouldn't have done that because it actually showed his strength. Yeah, like, come on, dude. Also, the whole thing with um, the sparrow demanding her to come see him, like she didn't even—he didn't even come see her in this scene or anything. He wasn't in this whole episode. Yeah. So what? What did he have to say that was so important, or were they actually just trying to lure her back into the um, the septon? The, isn't he the, the church? Septon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sept. The Sept. Sept. That's <laughs> it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So that's... I, I think that, yeah, they definitely should... He should not have done anything like that because if if you think someone's dangerous, that's one thing from then seeing him be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And especially if you... If they know that you're expecting a trial by combat and you're going to nominate the Mountain to fight for you, I mean, it's not... It doesn't take a genius to figure that's, that plan out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like this is also, um kind of, like, speak softly and carry a big Franken-mountain where, you know, just have it around you to intimidate, but don't actually use it until you actually need to. And this is, like, a scene where she didn't need that to happen. This is a whole, Actually, this whole thing with Cersei and uh, the changing of um, the trial by combat could have done entirely without this scene of her being asked to come to the Sept. Yeah. Like, it's... If you look at it, it feels out of place. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I didn't even think about that, but that that doesn't make any sense for anything, because nothing happened after that. Yeah. You, know, you would think that she would at least show up, or, like, or like the High Sparrow would show up and be like, hey, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, or something. Unless, I mean, the, the only thing I can think of is that the, the Sparrow obviously knew what Tommen was about to say, and that he didn't want Cersei to know right away. Because she generally has something up her sleeve. Like, he's aware that she is conniving and and manipulative, so. Yeah, but she didn't end up 
finding out either way, except she also does have her little sparrows or whatever. Yeah, the little birds. I was going to bring that up because I forgot to mention that in yeah. the notes. Uh, Kyburn, she talks to Kyburn, and he said they like talk about what they've heard, and the little, ba- little birds confirm something, but what do you think they confirmed? Yeah, and so that that was interesting. That was slightly good writing, but still... I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah. What's, uh, that's why I'm like, it's okay. If you've been paying okay. attention. Yeah. I guess if, since you watch, <laughs> yeah. we watch the show like twice every time, so it's pretty obvious when at the beginning of, the, of that one episode with Bran being like, burn them all, burn them all, and then Wildfather, and she talks about how she would rather burn down the place than see her children be harmed. Like, yeah. Just keep talking about burning. Okay. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I'll just get into this now real quick. Um, in the, in the book, as you can see in the movie, in the book, she does actually use quite a bit of wildfire to destroy the, um, the Tower of the Hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so she does have that precedent in the book for definitely using it. She didn't do it in, in the show? Not yet. Because she did it, um, or did she do it in the show? I start to mix the old seasons with the books, but I thought yeah. I thought that happened in the show that, that she at least messed up part of the tower because then Tyrion couldn't stay there anymore. That's that makes right. sense. Okay. Like smoke him out, right? Did that happen in the show, right? I vaguely recall that it oh happened um, like as a display for like uh, Tommen and Marjorie's wedding or something, and Lady Elena was like, "That is not in good taste." Something yeah. something along those lines. <laughs> I, I also can't also remember if it's, it was in the book or the show. I because think... it was so good before, so now I can actually can't tell the early stuff apart. <laughs> I I missed um, seeing the High Sparrow and also Lady Elena. Mm-hmm. I wish she had been in this, ep- in this scene. Um, any other thoughts about King's Landing? Nah. Okay, well, then moving on to Maureen. Where we have Varys and Varys, 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 walking around with Tyrion, and they're like just watching everybody. The Lords of Light, right? That's that's what the Red Woman likes. Yeah, the Lord of Light. Yeah. All right, so they're spreading the word, and uh, which is what Tyrion wanted them to do. So they're like, oh yeah, Daenerys is the is the bee's knees right now. She's gonna protect us from everything, and Var Varys, Varys. You have some trouble with this. Varys. Say it with me now. Varys. Varys. Because I listened to the audiobook, and it was like Varys. And I was like, okay, that works. I don't know. That guy's voice is really strange. Anyway, the guy, the eunuch, is going to go away to get help. And he's says he's going to Westeros to get help so that they can have more allies. So that when Daenerys comes back, like they'll be ready to go. And... The question is really why is he leaving? Like it seems like he does he just does not agree with the Lords of Light people, mm-hmm. and that's why he's like gotta go, peace out. But you know he's gonna probably gonna go through Volantis and run into Yara and Theon, and later on you know we have some other ship problems. Uh, we won't go to oh, that quite ship. yet. Oh ship, yeah, I'd ship that. No, just kidding. No, I don't um, ship this ship. <laughs> uh, so Tyrion says. He's the most famous dwarf in the world. What do you guys think about that? Is he? I mean, is he saying it as a character or the actor? Both. <laughs> I think he is the most famous dwarf in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most watched TV show, so... 
Um, this is a very short scene, and then it cuts to later a very, on. A very unnecessary scene, too, because we could have just heard about him offhandedly going somewhere else. But you wanted to have that little bit of, like, no. goodbye, friend. No bullshit. No, because if it, if it doesn't happen on camera, shit it doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> that's, that's their motive. That's y- what they do. Yeah, but also, they have to talk about other things that we saw in the previous episode, like, all the time. Like, we don't... We already watched the previously on. We don't need more fucking repetition in this show. Because that's all conversations are now. It's just uh, more exposition that we already know. It's just constant repetition of the facts. So we could have done with all without all that. And, you know, just say goodbye to Varys. He's going to go probably get... Die somewhere in a ditch because he can't go back to Westeros. Because all his little birds are pretty much gone. And... That place is pretty much inhospitable to him. So where he's going, we have no fucking clue. Hopefully he ends up uh, finding Yara, but we don't know. Yeah, so speaking of things we don't really need to see, Tyrion hangs out with Missende and Grey Worm, and they tell jokes, which is, like, a painful scene. This is one I actually enjoyed okay. because they have been trying this all season. But and we why? finally got a payoff for it. So they can deepen the characters and show that they're not just these, like, fucking planks of wood. Well, they're probably going to die now because that's how Game of Thrones works. Well, great. Then I'll feel something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So while they're, like, they're like telling all these jokes and, like, being really funny about the Lannisters, the Starks, and the something else goes into a tavern, um, you have... Grey Worm, like, making a joke about Miss, at Missende, which is kind of, that was kind of funny. That, that was funny. Like, I make joke. It was, like, the best punchline. <laughs> uh, so while they're, like, lollygagging, the Masters apparently have come back for their property mm-hmm. and are going to storm the property by destroying Fire, it. Yes. Um, I thought, <laughs> at first I thought this was Yara and her chefs. I'm like, god damn, that was fast. Yeah. And then I saw the sails. I'm like, oh, wait, isn't that a different thing? And then it's the Masters, and they're coming yeah. back with fire. That was a bummer. Yeah. I was bummed. So they're I all like... it was Yara, too, and I was like, okay, so for real, the timeline in the show really needs to work on itself. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> luckily, it was not Yara. Well, unluckily, it was not Yara. Yeah, so all we need really is for Daenerys to come back, which she does, yep. and to use Drogon to like go light all those ships on fire. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't actually just do that to begin with. Just do one sweeping shot where everything catches on fire, and then she shows up like, what? Yeah, I'm the best. Yeah, like, I'm a boss. I'm a boss. I'm a badass boss. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Speaking of badass bosses, uh, we get to see the Hound again. Uh, just do some axe murdering. You know, his new favorite hobby. Yeah, I mean, why would you pick up knitting when you can kill someone with a axe into the groin and then make fun of him for dying the way he's dying? Yeah, didn't you love those um, that uh, those fake balls that dropped when he got that guy in the nuts? That was wonderful to see. Thank you, Game of Thrones. I yeah. need more nudity, not violence. Yeah, I want to see more actual genitalia, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, so we find uh, some of these asshole uh, Brotherhood of Banners and or without banners Brotherhoods without banners without borders, whatever uh, assholes who had killed the people in the Riverlands um, so they're just joking around and they're talking about how to kiss girls and one guy puts his finger in another guy's butt you know, 
as you do. And, um... <laughs> it's like a, a bro thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm, smells like I'm not pussy. gay. <laughs> Jesus <but>. Christ. <laughs> like, that would not fly with my friends. <laughs> um, so, one guy gets an axe to the neck and his head comes off. One guy gets his axe to the back of the head or the chest or whatever. One guy gets it to his nuts and then his head... And then he finds uh, the cool bros, the people in the woods, the Robin Hoods. And he's like, well, I want to kill these guys because they killed my friends. And then the brothers without banners are like, well, no. Okay, we'll give you two. But you can't axe them. So he uh, hangs two of them. And then uh, Beric hangs the last one. Oh, yeah, Beric's back. Can you explain to me exactly who he is again? Because I kind of forgot. And also, I I really want to call him Derek Bombarian. No, it's (laughs) Beric Dondarian. I don't know. It's like B before D. Beric Dondarian. He is the one character who I always try to remember and always comes back to me in his full name, Beric Dondarian. Not Dolorous Ed? No, Beric Dondarian. It's a beautiful name. It's one of the probably best names in this whole series. Um, so Beric Dondarian was a former knight who joins the Brothers Without Banners uh, after he meets up with a red priest who brings him back every time he dies in combat. Who is the red priest? We didn't see him in oh. this group but he was previously with them before. Who knows where he is now but um, they are supposed to be the people that find Kellen Stark's body and I think uh, Beric is supposed to give his life for hers. Oh. Or, like, breathe life into her corpse, and then she comes back instead. Were you sad that you didn't heart. see her? Um, I feel like the uh, inclusion of the uh, Brotherhood Without Banners shows that, you know, at this point in time, they're not going to bring back Callan Stark because too much time has passed, and if they do find her fucking corpse, she's going to be, like, maggots all over. Yeah, so, it's been years now. Yeah, it's been at least a year, it feels like. Um, I wonder if she was just, like, hiding out. Like, I wonder if she's already Lady Stoneheart, they've already done the thing, and they're just like, hey, you go hide in the corner, because that's fucking creepy. He already knows that I came back to life, but he doesn't know that you came back to life, and you're more important than me. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you there. Like, that is a possibility. They could just be hiding her somewhere in the woods. Um, but some people saw that, like, the hound going over to the water where he pulls out his dick and takes a piss in the water because he's, like, they're supposed to find her in the water. So I think that's, like, a taking a piss on that theory. Oh. Yeah, so. Rude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the Hound, you know, uh, talks to some of these guys, has some food, steals some boots off the guy who's not even dead yet. He's still, like, choking he's to death. still sort of flailing a little bit. That was great. At least the boots were still warm. Um... <laughs> So they asked the Hound to join the group because they could use him, and he says, nah, they're a bunch of pussies, and he's better than all of them. And he's like, oh, but we're going to the north, and we could actually use your skills there, and you actually have the chance to do some good, so uh, we aren't sure of the Hound's decision, but I think he's going to try to do some good. I hope so. Yeah. I think this, um, it's funny how quickly we care about his storyline, because, like, the last episode we didn't even know he was, well... Previous to the last episode, we didn't know he was alive. Yeah, well, he only comes back if Arya comes back. That's the deal. True, and I mean, they're both going to be heading... Going to Winterfell, yeah. Yeah, so I guess we should talk about Bravos now. <laughs> yeah. Speaking, Speaking of, of Arya. 
Yeah. Hop into Bravos at the first scene. Um, and Lady Crane, the, the actress that Arya was originally supposed to kill, um, is, is, you know, just bringing this knockout performance. The entire audience is totally enthralled. She's, she's playing Cersei and, you know, she's totally in it. You know, she's like, Oscar worthy. (laughs) Essie Davis is amazing. Lady Crane goes back to her, her dressing room and finds Arya. You're right. That's what happens. Sorry, I was still picturing one of her, um, Arya got stabbed because I had so like, there were so many theory articles that I was reading that were like, yeah, so pay attention to how this happened. And I was just like, well, that's a bit of a stretch, but okay. Um, anyway. Okay. So you're right. So, so Lady Crane finishes up her performance. She goes back into her dressing chamber and Arya like coughs or something. And Lady Crane opens the blinds and Arya is sitting there bleeding. Um, and then, so the lady crane starts taking care of her and she, you know, they sort of chit chat about how apparently lady crane used to like to stab her boyfriends. Um, so that's always healthy in a relationship, but then at least she would feel guilty and, and tie them back up, which is this, you know, why she's good at this. Um, and then, so the, you know, that all that, the Aria basically is like on the mend. She's, she's feeling good. She drinks some disgusting soup. Um, and some milk of the poppy. And next time she wakes up, the Lady Crane, I keep calling her the Lady Crane. I'm going to stop doing that. Lady Crane. <laughs> um, go, she's like, you know, doing some stuff, grabbing something from a top shelf. And Waif comes in and is just, just kills her. So, um. I'm very sad about that. I'm in mourning right now, wearing black. Right? I was bummed. I mean, and like she was just a whatever character, but I liked her. She was really nice to Arya, which is probably we should have seen it coming from a mile away. So the Benny Hill chase scene. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So then um, Arya runs and then she like jumps off of this really tall thing and then falls down a whole lot of stairs and then all her wounds open up again and she she's all bloody. After and she a, a while, really obvious like handprint to lead the waif to where she is, and so that's actually okay. Well, I'll stick to what actually happened, and then I'll go into theories. But so she leads the waif to where she is, and then she comes in and she pulls out needle, and she seems all of a sudden a lot better. Um, and then she kills the waif. But does she? Okay, now I think well, they I'll are doing dead face on the wall. Yes, I don't know so much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for that, then we wouldn't have really known. Um, so I still think that without some sort of proof uh, that the Blackfish is still alive, this is probably my favorite scene in the uh, in this episode, was when she just, like, cuts the candle. Like, that I thought was really nice. Yeah, I think that's actually um, artistic directing, uh, like, storytelling. Yeah, they're, they're getting experimental here, guys. Yeah, there's... They're gonna... really, like, you know, putting themselves out there. <laughs> Creative-wise. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, like, let's let's do some nuance. Let's do some subtlety. Let's do something really neat. And then, yeah. Once per episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to overwhelm the populace. Yeah, so, um... That fucking wave can run like hell, and, like, 
I uh, love in how, short bursts. Yeah, well, I love how it's just like, okay, so um, the actress who plays Arya is like... Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams. She is like, she's not going to get any taller. So, like, she is this little girl basically kind of for life. And this other uh, girl, the one who plays the wave, is the same. So, like, the little kid's running through the streets, and it's, like, kind of hilariously awful because, you know, they're going to kill each other. Uh, but no one else knows that, so it's just, like, a really awful game of tag that's going on. <laughs> I like her hair, how it's, like, it flies back whenever she, like, runs, 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 runs. I just I thought it was so weird. It's just, like, she has these little spurts of energy, and then it's, like, she will, will stop and, like, watch and then look around. And then to keep going again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> well, she had to get some fruit to, to get her energy back up. And then she can run, 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 run. <laughs> like, I want to, like, make a, uh, a little video of this and just, like, set it to Sonic the Hedgehog music. Dun, 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 That's the theme song to Sonic? It wanna, not, it's one of them. Oh. You don't have to look that up. Um, so, Jekka Nakar, like, follows the trail of blood to her face, the wave's face, and sees who it is, and then Arya's like, oh, so I killed her, and I'm Arya Stark, I'm not no one, and now I'm going home. So, what do you think about that whole thing? Well, I'm glad that she's Arya Stark again, um, because the whole no one thing was annoying, but... But did we need to find out after eight episodes that she was just not going to be a killer? I mean, I think it's good that she got some experience, because now she can go kill everybody on her little list that she, she doesn't recite she every night anymore. She didn't even kill anybody. Well, she did the kill boy. that one guy. She, and she killed the wave, yes. But that was very obvious. That's like the opposite of how an assassin should be. She, they should be quiet and stealthy. <laughs> True. Not draw attention to themselves with the fruit. <laughs> that was a lot of fruit. Um, so the one thing that I read that uh, is admittedly very far-fetched um, was this theory that Arya and the Wave are sort of like a fight club um, situation. That the Wave doesn't really exist. Oh, yeah. I don't buy that. I, I don't I don't fully either, but it was it was interesting to read like their reasoning behind it. I mean, it was something that like George Decay posted on Facebook, so it was one of the more popular theories, but not in a good way. Um, and basically, all they ever say is that nobody ever pays attention to the waif whenever she's like walking around Bravos. Um, but at the same time, nobody stopped and like asked Arya if she was okay when she was. Bleeding profusely from her abdomen. Yeah. When she yeah. was walking down the streets of Bravo. So I, I'm pretty sure it's just the people on the streets of Bravo are just like, like New Yorkers. They're just like, mind your own business. And then move on. I'm walking here. Exactly. I'm bleeding here. <laughs> Bye, hot dog. <laughs> I'm glad, actually, that the theory that she would join the troop did not pan out. Even though the, the option was presented to Arya. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been, firstly, too predictable at this point, because we kind of thought about it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that, like, she's gonna just going to do her own thing now. Yeah, so fuck the last um, seven episodes. Fuck the last season. Um, fuck, fuck everything, because she's just going to throw it all away to 
leave. She, I mean, she can change her mind whenever she wants to, but great storytelling, guys. We didn't spend nearly enough time on this, <laughs> so I'm sad that we didn't spend more time of her getting hit in the face with a stick. And honestly, well, it, it really was... only about one day. <laughs> it felt like ages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually just the, the story of Arya lasted three days. Because <laughs> time does not exist. Uh, so, I was not impressed with this entire episode overall. Nope. I thought that there was it was rather bloodless in, and overly bloody in, at times. Um, not really a fan of it. I, I'm really excited for the next one, though, because episode 9 is always the one where things happen. Although, it doesn't seem like anything's really matching up. <laughs> yeah. It's not... It's Well, okay, they're going to have this fucking thing in the 11th hour where... Uh, Peter Baelish is going to show up and save everyone's ass. Like, that's what's going to happen, because our heroes need a win at this point, and, you know, everyone's coming home for, like, the grand finale against the White Walkers. That's basically what's happening. Oh, I have one question, though. Uh, why did Brienne send that raven when Sansa wouldn't send a raven because it could get intercepted? So do you think that something's going to happen with that? Like, Ramsay Bolton's suddenly going to come back into the, to the fray because... He intercepts the, the raven. Fray. The Walder Frey. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you just sent it, you know, just to get the word out faster. Um, because maybe they're guarding things going in the castle, but maybe not coming out. Plus it's going north and they're... I don't know. Uh, whatever. It doesn't really matter. It just seems like a weird thing to, like, put so much emphasis on that. And yeah. then not have any sort of, like, follow-up, like... Again, that's you, why I feel Brienne, like... Brienne, you knew ravens were gonna be intercepted. Anyways. I feel like the Blackfish is alive and will show up at some point. Free Willy! So what predictions do you guys have for this uh, coming episode? Casey, you oh, first. Well, we, we kind of already mentioned uh, what I think is going to happen, but um, I think Cersei is going to use the wildfire. and the, the, So the theory um, that I guess basically just the internet has accepted um, is that she is going to use the wildfire that, um, oh, what's his name? Mm -hmm. The, uh, the Mad King had stored underneath King's Landing, and she's going to just burn the place down. But the kicker, she's going to do that to try to kill the sparrow, and she's going to, like, try to burn the, uh, the sept of, uh, ba 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 Balon? Balor? Balon? Balor? Baylor, Baylor. So she's gonna do that, I think, and inadvertently, she's gonna kill Tommen. I mean, that's the hope at this point. And then the theory, the his voice is so infuriating. Yeah. Oh, did you? I want him gone. Did you see him when he was giving his speech on the Iron Throne? Um, how he was like really grasping one of those hilts of the swords yeah. on there. <laughs> Is that why his voice he, sounds like that? He's got some, like, definite sexual frustration. <laughs> well, he hasn't banged Marjorie since yeah. they got out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any other theories, Joshua? Um, yeah, she's gonna blow up everything. Um, that's pretty, like, that's kind of where it's going at this point, I think. Uh, I... I don't know. Everything is really, like, in the air at this point. 
because we also don't know how things are going to land. So, for, for an episode that almost nothing happened in, it's hard to make a prediction for the next episode, because this felt like such an intermediary episode. Yeah, you know? it's just setting things up, which has been the case for a lot of stuff. Uh, so, where can we find you on the internet, Casey? I'm on Instagram at kice24. Awesome. And Joshua? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jpriceisright. Great. And you can find me on Twitter as well at yoprice. And on Instagram at ADPrice, that's A-D-I-P-R-I-C-E. Um, you can find more episodes on ForTheWatchPodcast.com. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. And we will end with some Sonic the Hedgehog music. Oh, here we go. His Googling abilities are failing him. Oh, no, here comes the wave. <laughs> this is succeeding. Here comes the wave. Oh, no. Run, Arya, Run.